At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like... Wizard of the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space and of course plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com Thank you. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here hanging out with... Katie Dirks. How you doing, Katie? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I watched UFC this past Saturday, and it was insane, and everyone freaked out at the bar that I was watching at. I sat outdoors, and people almost vomited because of all of the action inside of the octagon, and I have to show you a clip that I know you have not seen. It's this fella, Chris Weedman. He kicked this dude, Uriah Hall, but then Weedman's leg got all spaghetti, and it got all weird, and he broke a bone, so you have to watch that. We're going to watch that clip in one second because... You are going to throw up. Oh, I can't wait. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) We're also going to talk a little bit about Logan Paul. He's going against Floyd Mayweather. What do you think about it? It's $100 million. These two dudes are going to make $100 bucks for a sideshow act. All I know is if you're Logan Paul, there's no downside because if you get knocked out, you got knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. And if you happen to even survive a round, you survived a round of boxing with one of the greatest boxers of all time, at the very least monetarily. I have so many opinions on this. I have so many opinions that come from a distaste for for UFC. (laughs) Well, it's insane. That will not be UFC. That's going to be straight up boxing. Logan Paul versus Mayweather. They're going to put on the gloves and see what they can do to one another. No matter what, they are coming out winners because they're going to have $50 million more That's how each. much I know about this. Is it that is, it's not even the same sport. It's totally insane. <laughs> and we're also going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Sami Zayn, as a matter of fact, because all of this insanity that's happening right now with Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather is so ludicrous, it might as well be a pro wrestling storyline. Sami Zayn has said he might run into the ring in the middle of their fight and I don't even know what. Try to raise money for Syria, which is very, very good. Sami Zayn does a lot of good things. Also, we're going to talk about 
Steve Austin discussing how Bret Hart is the reason that he bled in WrestleMania 13. Of course, the WrestleMania 13 match was unbelievably crucial to the legacy of Stone Cold Steve Austin. In the sharpshooter, Bret Hart pulling hard, trying to make Steve Austin submit. He does not submit. As a matter of fact, he passes out. So we're going to talk about the importance of blood in that match. But before we get to blood, let's get to bones. Let's watch this video. Now, this is the first time Katie has ever seen this video. This is Chris Weedman. He is kicking Uriah Hall, and things don't go as planned. Katie, are you ready to watch this for the audience's enjoyment? I'll be honest. I might shut my eyes at a certain point. You're not allowed to. It's only nine seconds. This whole thing happens like, okay. It's only nine seconds? That's even worse. It's the first kick of the fight, Katie. It's the first thing that happens. And the craziest thing is Chris Weedman his leg was the leg that Anderson Silva broke his leg on. So Anderson Silva, another UFC fighter, one of the greatest of all times, he got the same injury that Weedman got, which you're about to see. It is so strange because this kind of break has only happened three times in UFC history, and two of the times involved this Chris Weedman character. One time when he was the tree that broke the leg, Uh. and now, of course, uh, Uriah Hall is the tree that breaks his leg. So watch this clip. Comes around. I suppose so. Let's watch this clip, Katie, and I'm looking at your face right now. Okay. Okay, here we go. Don't look away. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to look away. I'm looking at you. You have to. You. Ha- I'm looking at you now because I already saw it, so I don't want to see it anymore. No. 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 You're right. I can't unsee that. Wait, he didn't. How? He just shifted his weight. He didn't even get kicked. Did he? So he kicked. No. He. The guy that kicked is the guy that broke their leg. Did you see that part? Yeah, he didn't get hit. He broke his own leg. He broke his own leg and then he tried to step on it and then his leg said, no, I am broken. You can't step on me. And it shatters underneath him. What a painful inner guy. Poor guy. He's been taken to the hospital. Everything is stabilized. I suppose his career is, for all intents and purposes, altered forever. We'll see if he can ever come back. God knows I wouldn't come back because I would say that's a sign that it's time for me to hang up my shorts and never kick another person again. No, no. Look, I don't even have any words. Here's the thing. Go on. I mean, how did that? I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand enough about the sport to understand like shifting body weight. But how did that even happen? The other guy must have been working on his thighs and he got him all strong and buff. Mm. Maybe the guy had a silver plate put in like Lex Luger did into his forearm, which is why he mm. hit him when he would hit people with the forearm. They would get knocked out much, much like Yokozuna did when Lex Luger hit him. Yeah. Now, in the UFC, I think that that would be outlawed and I think that would be banned. So legitimately, Urias Hall leg, his leg is just so strong that it snapped Chris Weedman's leg in half. He will definitely have to become a legitimate weed man now because he is going to be in an immense amount of pain. And if he isn't full of edibles, I don't know who deserves to be. That man is an absolute legend in his own way for even surviving that. I would have screamed like a madman. That sucks. Anyway. It sucks to see someone get hurt. That's the worst part is that it sucks to see someone like so talented even if it's a sport that I don't necessarily like or watch or pay attention to. Just anyone to an elite level 
Mm-hmm. To see someone mm-hmm. get hurt sucks. Well, of course, unless it's really awesome uh, like that, in which case I showed it I mean, to you and I'm kind of happy that you saw it. So here we are. Nonetheless, if you're Uriah Hall, strongest thighs around, perhaps porno is in his future. The x-rays <laughs> do show that the leg broke uh, completely through. So it's similar to, did you ever see Sid Vicious's leg injury? No. Oh my God. We're going to do gonna this go down, today. Fernando, go I need your help. Hole? Can you, Fernando, <laughs> can you search hole? Sid Vicious breaks ankle? This is going to be the full start of this episode is Fernando. Of course, you all know Fernando from Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. He is the producer of this show. Sid Vicious jumped off of the second turnbuckle, maybe the top turnbuckle, and he shattered his ankle as well. So let's just see what ankle break was worse. The kayfabe world of pro wrestling or the UFC. Uh, Strangely enough, I think that Sid's may have been worse. Well, first of all, we know that, you know, if I could start bubble wrapped wrestling, I would. Where the, the nice league where no one gets hurt ever. Okay. I would do that. That's not possible and no one wants to see it. Okay, Katie, you got this on your screen now. <laughs> this is Sid Vicious. He looks like he's going against Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner is an absolute maniac, specifically at this time in WCW. Oh my god. We're he's looking yoked. around 1999. He's just yoked. He is on a bit of the juice. I think that's safe to say. And when I say juice, I don't mean Capri Sun. Scott Steiner is so unusually strong. People accuse him of synthol and everything else, although he has said he hasn't used synthol. I don't know. We just look at him and know that there's something different about his body than others. But let's take a look at what happens to Sid Vicious, a man who perhaps skipped too many leg days as he jumps off the second turnbuckle, uh, wanting to hit Scott Steiner, but it doesn't really make it that far. Let's watch this video. And uh, Katie, once again, I'm making sure that you look. I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm already it's, uncomfortable. It's very it uncomfortable. Even started yet? Okay. All right. Oh no! <gasps> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Dom, it's just on loop. Stop. That oh my one. God. If you haven't seen that one's Sammy. worse. <laughs> that one's worse. That one's worse because his weight is coming down on it. Yeah, he's it jumping is. Jumping off. Oh. You're right. He's jumping off the top oh. rope. And he ju- his ankle, his like shin says, not oh, today. Not <laughs> today. Psycho Sid, he did have like notoriously thin ankles considering how huge and jacked up he was. If you haven't seen that, highly recommend it. I don't think it's as gross as the Weedman one because at least Psycho Sid was wearing a boot. Um, no, I'm yeah. not Canadian. He was wearing a boot. A boot? And uh, so you couldn't really see it, but it looks no, like the you bone. Can see it. You can, you see, can it, see it, but you can't see the bone penetrating from the skin like it's uh, the movie Bloodsport starring Jean Claude Van Damme. I think it might be worse than Weedman's in that way, but at the very least, you can't see the skin stress to make sure the bone doesn't pop <clears throat> out. Ugh. I love when my bones stay in my body. I'm such That's a why fan they're of that. In, they're on the inside. I like yeah. them on the inside. They're not supposed to be on the outside. Bones belong on the inside. Well, good. I'm so happy we got to start the show off with two broken ankles. Katie, you gave birth to a full child. What do you think is more painful, kicking somebody and having your legs shatter underneath you or doing what is so unbelievably powerful, giving birth to life? Well, my pain comes with like a reward. It's like, hey. Right. Congratulations, you went through all that and now you have a tiny little ball of mush. Yeah. Uh, a little sweet baby alien. 
Whereas like when you break your ankle, there's no reward whatsoever aside from just just pain. And then can you imagine if you break your ankle and then the reward is you do get a child? I'd be like, how is this? That a would gift? Also this is so die. stressful. This is so <laughs> extra stressful for me right now. Yeah, it's breaking your ankles painful and inconvenient. Whereas <sighs> like having a baby is like painful, but like uh, more rewarding than it is inconvenient. Yeah. And also you get to take baby Carson <laughs> to swimming lessons. Carson just had his first swimming lessons. How did he do in the water? He loves it. He, he does cry. He's giggling the whole time. Oh, great. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I'm so happy Carson is going to be a swimmer because there's nothing better than knowing how to swim. It can save a child's life, they say. Well, that and like anytime your kid does anything, you just assume they're going to be the best at it. So like if you wait, what? Like, Hold on a second. You have a much different opinion. I thought for sure you were going to say the worst at it. You actually have no. a positive. You actually send positive vibes to your child. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yo, yeah. Look, first time parent. I don't know. My parents said <laughs> maybe, C's get maybe. degrees. My folks were, they never C's even showed me my, degrees. they do, but my folks never even showed me my report card because they didn't want me to think that it mattered, which it kind of doesn't, but also kind of does. I mean, look, you do you. I do me. I do me. I just, <laughs> I don't think that my parents ever put me into any situation assuming I would be the best. I think they assumed that I was going to embarrass oh. the family. I thought everybody just assumes their kid's going to be like, they're like the best at everything, right? Because wow. they're your kid. They're going to be the best at everything. Well, I grew up in a German household, so I have no idea what this term is, <laughs> the best. I don't know. Well, that is so cute. Did he wear little floaties? No, no floaties. No floaties? Uh, no floaties. Just like a cool little body swimsuit, like a full body swimsuit. The nice thing is now. With crabs if, on it. If Oh, that's cute. If Carson got into UFC, you you can't break a baby's bow. I mean, I think you can, but it's really hard because they're flexible. They're like a, a good, they're like a they're nice elegante. Yeah, they're malleable. Malleable and, and they're pretty resilient. He's bonked his head a couple times and I've been like, that definitely hurt. Oh, well, he's getting ready to be an in-ring talent at some point. Who knows what Carson I mean, will do? If he's a swimmer, at least, look, I think swimming is an incredible sport, but I also like it because if you were to go to the Olympics, you could win the most medals. That is very true. That's very true. Like, look I, at Michael Phelps. He's like 120 gold medals or some crazy shit. And maybe he's won Mike more medals in like one Olympics than some countries have ever won. I mean, he has enough medals where if you wore them around your neck and jumped into a pool, you would drown because mm -hmm. it's an anchor's worth of metal. Mm -hmm. I think that that's true. Michael Phelps, of course, he is doing some great work when it comes to mental health awareness. Maybe his parents should have said that he was the best more or maybe it doesn't matter and it's all biological. And isn't that a mind fuck for you? I don't know. I mean, do we really want to dissect the psychological abuse that pro athletes go through? No, let's not. <laughs> Let's talk about the abuse that we're all going through at the hands of Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Great segue. Segway King. This fight is going to be June 6th at the Hard Rock in Miami. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a great time to go to. And certainly the Hard Rock in Miami is a fun place if you like to gamble a little bit or just walk around and go to fun stores. Logan Paul has officially somehow jumped so many steps he cut the line to such a large degree that if you are in the world of professional boxing you just have to be like what the hell is going on with the world the man is a youtube celebrity and now he has the third booked fight 
in his little boxing career, he went from Nate Robinson, a five foot nine former New York Nick dunk champion, dunk contest champion, love Nate Robinson, went from Nate to an actual fighter in Ben Askren. Ben Askren is one of the most embarrassing human beings I have ever seen step into a squared circle wow. or an octagon. He's pompous. He's an asshole. And he just lost wow. to Logan Paul. Have you ever heard Ben Askren speak? No. He is such a little bitch. And that's why when Mazdanol, <laughs> Mazdanol is a Russian dude who actually lost this past Saturday at UFC, which was a huge upset. Ben Askren gets knocked out in like seven seconds. The next fight he takes is with Logan Paul. He was like the last hope in the minds of many to prove that Logan Paul isn't tough enough to beat a real fighter. And not only did Logan Paul win, he knocked his lights out in like 45 seconds. What lessons are we teaching our children? Okay. I have a controversial take. Logan Paul is the best thing to happen to boxing in years. You know what? Monetarily, <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do? Disagree with that? No, I can't disagree with that. We're sitting around talking about boxing, right? Like <sighs> he made us talk. It's such a wrestling move. It's everything is wrestling. This is wrestling 101. He has built himself as the ultimate heel, yeah. which to not, I mean, which isn't very far from the truth. No. And we're, here we are sitting around talking about Logan Paul. So it's wrestling. It's wrestling psychology. You are completely correct. The psychology of pro wrestling has infused our media in ways that you can't even fully understand. Dare we say it got one person elected to the presidency of this country. So the psychology of pro wrestling is so unbelievably powerful, which is why Vince owns the world when it comes to that sport. And you're right. Yeah. Logan Paul just took a few of those principles, a few of those heel principles, applied it to YouTube. And now his reward is a hundred million dollar fight against Floyd Mayweather, who speaking of terms of wrestling, speaking in terms of wrestling, Floyd Mayweather, a former heel, now a face because everyone wants to see him beat up Logan Paul. So people finally are like, I love Mayweather. I always have loved Mayweather. Meanwhile, yeah. when he was fighting Pacquiao, people thought it was a massive shit show and not worth I mean, the 80 bucks that it was, uh, that it cost to get it. And you're right, it was a shit show. Evidently Pacquiao was injured. Um, but yes, it's strange turn of events. I wouldn't say that Logan Paul was intentionally always a heel. I think the guy, you know, speaking freely, I think mm. he's a bit of a fucking moron. Yeah. But, <laughs> but at the same time, now he's taken that complex and turned it into like, if everyone's going to hate me anyway, then fine. Hate me. This really isn't that. This is just kind of an exaggerated version of celebrity boxing. When it is. This is, yeah. When yeah. R.I.P. Dustin Diamond, formerly known as Screech, God mm -hmm. rest his soul, God must have needed a nerd. So he's in heaven doing what nerds do. I don't, I don't even know what that is, whatever he did when he was at Saved by the Bell. Um, when Dustin Diamond fought Horshack, I don't yeah. know if you remember that celebrity fight, Horshack from yeah. Welcome Back, Cotter. This is in yeah. that vein. But the strange thing is when you infuse someone like Mayweather who is considered one of the greatest of all time. I I know that he gets the money. I know he's going to get 50 million bucks, but I just think it sucks. I think that it sucks for the sport. I think that you're right. It's giving the most mm. amount of press the sport has had in a long freaking time. Yeah. But I also think it sucks. If you are truly into boxing and you love, you know, you follow all of the people on the undercards. You don't just watch the big fights that come by. It seems like almost every only every five years nowadays. Like if you're Mayweather, 
this just cheapens the whole thing. The only thing that I can think of is if you ever watched the movie Great White Hype. Did you ever see that film? No. The I was movie, checking out today on references. The movie Great White Hype is fantastic. I believe it's uh, Damon Wayans plays uh, one of the greatest boxers in America. Okay. There's this white dude who is making his way up the ranks. He's an Irish dude. He's knocking people out. Damon Wayans the whole time doesn't train. He gets all fat and bloated. They go to the ring for the big climax of the movie. Everyone is thinking the Irish little white dude is gonna win and Damon Wayans' overweight character knocks him out in one punch and it was absolutely fantastic. The problem is it was still an embarrassment for boxing. And now we have the situation with Mayweather where I know he's gonna get 50 million bucks. He already has so much damn money and he doesn't invest any of it. It's just sitting in his bank account. There was a great interview with him where the interviewer couldn't believe that Mayweather doesn't invest his money and it just sits in his bank account, which is technically the dumbest thing you can do with money because you're supposed to have it work for you, especially when you have the amount that that he has. You have to. He took him through a drive-thru he got his uh, receipt for how much he has in his bank account, and it said something like $150 million just in there. He is good financially. So if you're Mayweather, I don't even know why you infuse yourself in this situation because, yeah, you're going to get some cash. But again, if you win, you're freaking supposed to. Even being in the ring with him, I think, diminishes your legacy. And God forbid Logan Paul hits a lucky shot and even bruises Mayweather. But can you imagine what that will do? Like they're going to get headlines regardless. But it was going to get headlines. If Logan Paul knocks out Floyd Mayweather, boxing is officially done. It is like gone as a sport. Oh, my God. It's going to. Well, no, it's just going to turn. It's look. here's the thing. I'm not completely sold on that. Boxing matches aren't fixed to some degree, period. Sure. Because of wrestling. Like there's no possible way for me to believe that people like with all due respect to anyone that likes him, but people like Joe Rogan are behind a sport that is, that is 100% legitimate with that much money on the line. Like I'd much rather just believe it's scripted. Well, I think that UFC to a certain degree, UFC, I think is a little bit more difficult to script just because it is so organic. And there are so many different avenues that you can go down in a fight as opposed to something like boxing, where as we learned from the, fantastic Nicolas Cage movie Snake Eyes. Taking a fall does happen. The way that boxing is orchestrated where there's no umbrella corporation that's doing any of the booking. It's all just the minions of the fighters that get together and force and get the fights going. So I think there is a breeding ground for corruption in boxing more so than UFC because Dana White kind of has things on lockdown. I don't know. Dana White came up under fucking Vince McMahon. Well, Dana White has taken a lot from Vince McMahon, but yes, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I have a good, I have, I put my skeptics cap on and conspiracy theory. Yo, I mean, if you want to talk about conspiracy theory in sports, look no further than two playoffs ago when the chiefs lost and, uh, oh my God, what was the other team? I forget when it was the Rams and Patriots in the Super Bowl. there were two dog crap calls that, mm-hmm. that seemed like things were being fixed. Seems like things were being manipulated. So it definitely does happen. I believe it happens. As we know with the Donahue scandal in the NBA where he was shaving points Oof. in basketball, it can happen even easier than anything because quite frankly, every play you could blow the whistle if you wanted to. And God knows. They seem to want to a lot. But in this fight, if Mayweather 
would even consider like taking a fall to Logan Paul. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. If you were to tell me, you were to tell me, all you have to do is go six rounds, go six rounds. You have $50 million. I'd be like, oh, all right, cool. Sweet. Pull those punches. Pull those yeah. punches. Both part. Like it just makes so much sense to me. There's like, if I'm going to go for 50 million and I have to last X amount of rounds, you and I are going to get together and be like, Hey, if we go to three, we go to six, we go to eight or whatever. Like, all right. My understanding is no matter how many rounds this match goes, this fight goes, 50 million for each. That's what it's going to be. This is what Mayweather wrote on Instagram. He says, Logan Paul are going to fight at the Hard Rock Stadium. Mayweather Promotions, Fanmio and Showtime will team up to give you an epic event. Uh, The announcement did not specify how many rounds the fight will be or what size gloves will be used. If they go in with like comical big ass like twenty five <laughs> ounce gloves, I'll be all like, "This of us is are gonna just get worked." Crazy. A, this is wrestling one hundred and one. This is a wrestling. That's all I see. This is. This is a wrestling promotion that they're getting paid for with everyone. It's like an open contract. Everyone knows how much they're getting paid. And like, good on Logan Paul. Like, oh. he's gonna make fifty million dollars. This has got to be one of, if not the highest, uh, paycheck he's ever gotten. Yeah, I yes, it is the biggest paycheck he's ever gotten. I don't know how gotten. much YouTube stars make, but it can't be $50 million worth. He gets like $23 million a year. He's so rich. He's really rich. He's <laughs> yeah. super rich. But you know what? I still would not want to be him. I'm very happy being Ben Kissel. And I know you're happy being Katie Dirks because you are, you're wealthy. You're wealthy because you have a loving family. And uh, and that's what matters so much more because Logan Paul's money is going to go away just as fast as it came. That is my prediction on that front, because when you start as a sideshow, as we know, you wind up president. (laughs) He's going to run for office. He's going to he's obviously he's going to run for office. Yeah, it is possible. I suppose that's possible. Or he ends up on Celebrity Rehab or a whole series of other offshoot shows as the reality television warps his mind into thinking that that's his only uh, version of self-worth. So anyway, Floyd Mayweather is a five-time world champion. He's going against Logan Paul. The question is, is this the beginning of a resurgence for boxing? Or is this the final splash of water on the campfire that leads to nothing but smoke? I don't know. I don't think this is... I don't know. I don't know. Boxing boxing is one of those sports. It seems like it's... It is like The Undertaker. It's like it's like Jason Voorhees. There's always more, and they always find a way to come back somehow. So I can't uh, I can't say boxing isn't going to uh, survive this, but it's certainly not a good look. As someone that doesn't have a horse in this race, and to be completely frank, I don't understand a lot about boxing uh, aside from my assumption that it's got to be something like wrestling. <laughs> there are ropes, and there is a ring. I don't know. I just think that. Uh, look, I don't know a lot about the sport. I don't know a lot about UFC. I don't know a lot about boxing. So I will come out and say that, that I am absolutely, these are opinions from the surface without even really understanding the depths and the psychology of the sport. I do think that this is the best thing to happen to boxing in an unfortunate manner. In some ways it could be. And you're right. The psychology of it, as we talked about earlier, it is very much kayfabe. There is a lot of kayfabe. There's a lot of 
uh, performance aspects to it. They do try to create storylines that make you believe that the people may hate each other more than they actually hate each other and so on and so forth. So from that perspective, wrestling and all sports, for that matter, have taken a lot from professional wrestling. But let's talk a little bit about professional wrestling because everything old is new again. And I'm actually really excited about this. 22 years in the making. I usually don't necessarily love when older wrestlers come back and uh, because I just get concerned that they're going to end up like Chris Weedman and breaking their legs or like Psycho Sid with shattered Oof. ankles. I'm just concerned because the human body you is biological it. and it, it really does degrade, it seems. The Nation of Domination is set to reunite after 22 years. For those that don't recall, The Nation is minus The Rock, Ron Simmons, Mark Henry, the Godfather and D'Lo Brown. They are going to be at Super Slam 3. That is an event February 26, 2022. And it is going to take place in Doha, Qatar. So they're going to get some good miles oh, in. Wow. And they're going to be able to see Qatar, which I heard is amazing. And knowing what I know about overseas love of pro wrestling, they do pay good money. So hopefully these dudes get a paycheck. Qatar has an incredible wrestling scene. Like, I know that sounds crazy. It really does. Like, there's uh, great indie tours that go through Qatar. I That is absolutely awesome. (laughs) I love it. So this is according to uh, QPW. This is a Qatar-based magazine. They say, WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, and The Godfather, along with former WWE Intercontinental Champion D'Lo Brown, will do their first appearance together in 22 years. This will be at the QPW Super Slam 3 on Doha, Qatar. The event again will be February 26. So check that out. The capacity is 20,000 people. And wow. I'm going to watch this because apparently Sting may show up, Bret Hart, John Moxley, Hiroshi Tanashi, Will Ospreay, and Eric Bischoff. So Will Ospreay, huh? Yeah, Will wow. Ospreay. So it seems the one cool thing happening right now in pro wrestling is how unbelievably international it's become. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, oh, New Japan right now is absolutely off the charts. Yeah. It's so good. And I don't know if anyone has access, AXS, the network, but they show old New Japan wrestling on Access. And it's just so, uh, it's just so different. It feels indie for obvious reasons. It's not. Right. Uh, but God, the storytelling is just so good. Even if you don't understand half of what the promos are, like you don't really have to. It's so right. good. Are these wrestling scenes like is the career and I ask this truly is the career of being a pro wrestler an international career yes. because if you go to like Iran and you're like I want to be a stand up comedian they're like we don't what we don't do that you stand on stage with a microphone and yell no 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 you don't do that here that does not exist as a career but pro wrestling is something that's universal you cut your teeth internationally and you become like a star internationally and then in some people's case, like Samoa Joe, you go to WWE to kind of chill out, to like take it slow, to get to, because a lot of the American audience that love wrestling do pay attention to the international crowd. So when they do come stateside, it is a huge deal. So, but I mean, some of the promotions in Ireland are absolutely incredible. Over the Top Wrestling in Ireland is one of the best promotions I've ever seen. Well, I hope to check that out good and wrestling in the uk is phenomenal like all internationally there's such great wrestling outside of the if you want to be a wrestler and you're willing to travel you can absolutely be a wrestler 
Yeah, that is fantastic. You don't have to go to WWE. Absolutely. And I think that that's a great point. WWE, a place where some of uh, the more experienced wrestlers may go, not for their twilight, but for the second half of their careers. People yeah. like AJ Styles, who, of course, if you watch him on Impact Wrestling, some of the stuff that they allowed him to do is just absolutely insane. Despite Ridiculous. the fact that that corporation was owned and ran by Jeff Jarrett. A man who I think it's safe to say hasn't, uh, he doesn't have the greatest reputation in the industry. No. Whose Mm-mm. wife did Jeff Jarrett steal again? Mm-mm. He Mm-mm. stole somebody's wife. You don't know? He did. I don't remember. He stole, was it Kurt Angle's? I believe that Jeff Jarrett stole James would Kurt, know this. I believe that Kurt Angle, I believe that he was in TNA and Jeff Jarrett married his wife. Yes, indeed. It was Karen Jarrett. It's Kurt Angle's wife, Karen. She's now Karen Jarrett. Which isn't that a horrible name, Karen Jarrett? I mean, Karen Jarrett. Oh my, you're late for jury duty. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett has a history of stealing people's wives, and not that. I mean, of course, she didn't steal him. He didn't steal her. She also uh, went with him. We're not Vikings. He didn't like bonk her on the head and like, and then she was like, "It's not the movie over." Drag her. Yeah. Yes. He didn't like drag her. Nonetheless. All right. So now I'm completely derailed, but that's okay. <laughs> Who cares? Okay. Let's just watch that leg video again. Did you see that Mickey James clapped back at WWE? What did she say? She, so she was getting her, uh, she got released, obviously. And then she, everyone gets their stuff sent to you. If you still have a locker at WWE, they send you their stuff. Oh. They sent it to her in a trash bag. Oh, I did see that. But now what's she wrong with the back. trash bag? Because I, She's I uh, moved. She's a legend. Oh. It was just like in a beat up old box with her name. Like, come on, put some when respect I- on it. When I was working at News Corps, there was a fella named uh, Boyer, Pete Boyer. He was the producer for Frontline. He's about 78 years old, really sweet guy. I think News Corps got him just because they didn't want anyone else to have him. Kind of like WWE, they, they kind of take good talent to bury him. And uh, he got fired, and he's a 78-year-old man, and they, they took him out, and there was two armed security guards with their guns. And I was thinking, well, like, what's he going to do? But I guess these corporations are very scared. Well, that's not right what they did to Mickey James. And she deserved a really good cardboard box for the stuff. Just pack it up and make it look nice. Don't be a dick about it. Well, do you think it was purposely rude? No, I think that someone didn't give a shit and they boxed her shit up and sent it to her because she didn't work there anymore. Without saying, like, like I said, you should put some respect on it, right? On the box. Pack it up. Make it look nice. Put it in a box, fold it. Don't just throw it in a bag, throw the bag in a shitty box and ship it off. Come on. Okay. Be cool about it. I mean, even when Garfield was mailing normal, he put her in a box. I mean, yeah. And that one even had air holes. Yeah. Put some air holes in it. I think that's a great idea. Also, I mean, I guess why couldn't she just go clear out? They don't let you clear out your locker. Wasn't it? I I thought when you get fired, it's like clear out your locker and get out of here by noon. I thought it was like that. All I'm saying is they shouldn't have treated her so poorly. She deserves to still be a, she should still be on the roster. A, we can start there. I believe that. But I they wanted her to that. retire. They wanted her to be an agent. They didn't want her wrestling anymore. So they cut her. Well, she has been around for a long time and I'm happy that she is. I want her to be happy and, you know, maybe a job in management. Then she doesn't have to break her legs and stuff. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, all I'm saying is that Triple H still has WrestleMania matches with the exception of this year. And he's 900 years old. Yeah, but they are horrible. 
point made who cares that's my point that's my point <laughs> is that why would i want anyone i mean you watched All I'm when- saying she stood like i feel like she should still be on the roster if you have other players that are still doing shitty matches uh she should still be incorporated to the roster she's a locker room leader she's a game changer for women's wrestling so she can wrestle just as bad as triple h yes therefore i agree okay i agree i agree and maybe if steph had a different sexual inclination she could have married into the family but it's unfortunate (laughs) and because of that she got her stuff delivered to her in a garbage bag which you know I, i am also just a little bit sensitive because people are demeaning the garbage bag I moved when I moved to uh, New York. Basically, I moved with garbage bags. I had two garbage bags. So, you know, when I was young, I didn't have luggage until I was about 33. So I'm just saying the garbage bag is an efficient way of transport. But you're right. They should have treated her with more respect. More respect. I agree. Um, Well, speaking of respect, also speaking of ladies, Billy Kay, she is currently in a fight to keep her name and her trademark and Go. I hope that she wins this because yeah. that's one of the areas where it's like if Vince wants everyone to be an independent contractor, which I can understand to some degree, then he also has to do the flip side where it's like they own who they are yeah. and you don't get to control them for the rest of your life. Because Billy Kay, I actually think she is in one of those areas where she was on the ascent. She was coming up and I think she was about to become not quite a household name, but some people on the block will know who she is. And so I think if you take her name away from her right now, what she has built in the small time that they allowed her to build something, I'm not, I, I hope it wouldn't be, uh, you know, for naught because she, I'm still surprised about that firing and I hope she can keep her name because I think at this point it would yeah. hurt her if all of a sudden she has to totally rebrand. Yeah, no, I just, this, you can't have it both ways, WWE. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't, you can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's right. bullshit, but there's still, the big fish in a small pond. So yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know what that means. Have your cake and eat it too. I mean, well, you know, what's funny is that I say it and I agree with you. Cause I think it's kind of stupid. I'm, I'm eating it. So I'm having it. So I'm anorexic. Oh, am I supposed to just stare at my cake? It doesn't make any, I look, like I said, I say it, but I agree with you. Cause I, if I'm eating it, I'm having it. Right. If I ordered it, Anyway, Chris Farley died because he ate too much of the Cheesecake Factory. So be very careful with your cakes. That's all I'll say. Is that why? Is that really why? Chris Farley? Yes. I mean, it was. Yes. It wasn't I mean, the there drugs. Were some dr- there were some drugs. Okay. Go. There were a lot of drugs. But Chris Farley, like if I had my apartment above Lambeau Field, that's mm-hmm. basically what he did because his apartment was above a Cheesecake Factory. And that mm. is, you're just too close. You're too close to the thing that mm. you love. You got to be careful. The really good. The, it's a phenomenal. I love cheesecake. I, the carrot cake. I would kill for it. All right. I would bleed for it. Speaking of blood, because I had to get some kind of segue in there. Uh, let's talk about this before we get to. Uh, you're the Michael the Phelps of segs tonight. You're the Michael Phelps. Of <laughs> oh, I have mental illness. Thank you. <laughs> um, Steve Austin on Bret Hart. I was interested. This was on Talk is Jericho. So Steve Austin obviously had Jericho on the Broken Skull session. And if you haven't watched that, it's two hours. It's really great. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Katie's favorite moment is like it's. So when Jericho broke as Y2J, he comes out and he has his arms up in kind of a cross form and he's his back is facing the audience. And uh, Jericho. Why did why did you do that? 
Uh, Michael Jackson saw him in uh, Mexico City in 1993. Yeah. So Chris, <laughs> Chris Jericho saw Michael Jackson. And it's like, it's very funny. I do, I do what Michael Jackson did. Oh, okay. Cool, Jericho. It's awesome, Jericho. He just said it. Like, it was, it was just a really funny... The moment isn't fun. I laugh. I'm laughing at the moment. It's yeah, not yeah. intentionally funny. It's just... It sounds like such a, a pickup line that you'd hear at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael in 93... Really? No, Mexico City, 1993. Michael I saw Jackson. that documentary about him last year. It's so weird. So, it was so weird how we had different opinions on Michael Jackson. It's so strange. But the Jericho interview, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. There are some gems in there, and uh, they do a really good job of, I don't know. It was just nice to hear people. They were very respectful, and they touched on AEW, but obviously focused most on Jericho's WWE career. Anyway, Austin was on Talk is Jericho, and he mentioned how it was Bret Hart's idea to have him blade during their famous WrestleMania 13 match. And I didn't realize this is just before the Attitude Era that the WWE at the time of this match had a no bleeding policy. Yeah, there was no blood and guts for quite some time. They were trying to appeal to the uh, the coveted four generations market. All right. the, all the generations, grandpa to grandson. Yep, and if you try to appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. So this is what Steve Austin said. He said, me and Brett were talking. He said, Steve, if you're going to pass out to the sharpshooter, you need to have some color. Of course, that means blood. Steve says, you think? He said, yeah. At the time, there was a no-color policy, which they should probably change the term just to no-blood policy, because if I see a sign that says no-color policy, I'd be like, what are we Did I go into a Twilight Zone episode? What is happening here? (laughs) Uh, Steve Austin, basically, the quote goes on to say how he was the newer guy. He didn't want to break any of the rules. You know, he's just trying to survive. He is just out of being the ringmaster, so he's getting some momentum him and uh but brett was like i got you don't worry about it and uh and so because of that we have the most iconic visual in stone cold steve austin's career of him screaming in pain as blood drips down his face going past his lip uh, going past his teeth and it's just beautiful and powerful and when he passes out you totally believe it Uh, He got the rub off of Bret Hart, and by the end of that match, the audience began to realize that Austin is the anti-hero they love, and it was the Mm -hmm. beginning of the end of the face that was Bret Hart's character at the time. So this is it it is good to remember that not all blood and guts is just so we can be like, that's awesome. It is important for storytelling. I mean, it just raises the stakes. I'll never forget, like, this sounds so ridiculous to say, but Maybe not. Candice LeRae bled at a mm-hmm. PWG match, and it was absolutely game-changing. Interesting. Not a lot of women had... I mean, Japanese women wrestlers had bled. Okay. In very few high-stakes matches. And for to see someone... Like, it really... At, at the right time, in the right match, holy shit, does it bring up... It raises the stakes. Like, the brothers match, uh, like the Nightmare Boys at Double or Nothing. That was another one where it was just like, holy, like you, it, it takes it to another level done at the right time. Of course, that was with, with uh, Dusty versus uh, versus Cody. The amount the of blood, boys. the nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it worked because it was a nightmare yeah. match. Watching yeah. that match live, I have never seen so much blood in my life. It, that was just a, it was a fountain of blood. That being said, I also never saw people openly weeping at a wrestling match before. People were I openly did. crying. They were like, oh, I love this family so much. I cry. I, I got emotional during that match. 
I'll never forget it. Like it was just so crazy. It's so crazy. It was so powerful. And it meant, it just meant so much because the, the fact that they sold out the venue and the fact that the show was going well, it was yes. just perfect. And like, yeah, everything about it, like everyone wanted this show to be good, right? We wanted to just show the man. We were all the underdogs. We were in it. And then you had these two brothers that are both WWE, arguably WWE rejects. Sure, sure. Fighting for a company, fighting for a kayfabe storyline of their lives and then gushing blood. Yeah. It was so heavy. One of the ultimate ironies is obviously when it comes to uh, female wrestlers. Why is it strange to see women bleed? Because they don't. In the they ring. Weren't, they weren't allowed to for so no, long. No, I know. But, so do you, but why? Because, the, because y'all are more comfortable with blood. What I'm trying to yes. say is y'all are actually more comfortable with blood than men because yeah. of the thing that happens to you yeah. that I don't oh, have happen okay. to me. Got it, got it, so got it. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah, women yeah. are tough. Okay. Women are very, very tough and they can handle yeah. a lot of things that that there are <sighs> y'all are surprisingly <laughs> nasty. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> is there, I mean, look. Women are surprisingly nasty. Yeah. But so No, we're gross. It is funny that you don't see as much uh blood in, in female wrestling. Yeah, I know. I think maybe that's why, because it grosses everyone out. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that when women bleed in a match and Britt Baker oh, just God. bled in a match and when she bleed, like she's unintentionally bled in matches and she's yes. just like, just it's insane. But when she intentionally does it, holy shit, she's another one. But her and Candice LeRae are really the two women Candice LeRae, in my opinion, broke mm -hmm. broke mm -hmm. uh, stateside barriers, mm -hmm. right? Mm hmm. You could argue a few other women have done it, but to me, that match, it was with the Young Bucks, it was with the Joey Ryan, it, but it was PWG, and it was really the first, and women aren't, which, sidebar, women aren't allowed in PWG, which I still have a problem with, but Yeah, that is, is bullshit, is. yeah. It's complete bullshit. Uh, but she was the lone woman at the time in, in PWG, and it just, like, it was a match with stakes, and it was good and it was emotional and everybody, they were the underdogs. It was just so good. Yeah. And it really does raise the stakes. And then for Britt Baker to do it uh, in, in a good match. So the match, so good. one of the matches that uh, Dave Meltzer gave a 4.72, this was an AEW dynamite match, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. This is the match where, this, oh my God, it's really beautiful. I'm going to round up and call it a five-star match because that match was the best in one of the best matches that AEW has had, period. Yeah, you're right. It's like you know, four four point seven. It's like yeah, we'll just go to five. No, okay, let's just round it. Let's up, just go Dave. to five. Let's I, I up, Dave. Dave, I, I. The more that I read you, the more I respect you. But let's just call it a five. <laughs> okay. Um, it's very specific. Britt Baker actually admitted that she was a little bit freaked out by all of the blood. I don't know if she was expecting that much. Uh, she was speaking to Renee, as a matter of fact, uh, John Moxley's wife, and someone who may or may not go to AEW or may or may not go to. Uh, I guess, yeah, legitimate sports. Um, but this is what she said. She said, as soon as the blood started dripping, I'm like, keep flowing, man. Paul Turner, the ref, was like, you're bleeding. You have great color. She recalled Jerry's in the back saying, pump it. <laughs> so oh she's like, God. in her head, she's like, I'm a little freaked out, but let's keep this blood going. Everyone's and they're loving it. 
She says, I knew I was bleeding a lot because I saw it was dripping on the mat and was in my eyes. I've bled before when I broke my nose, but when the blood runs into your eyes, no one warned me about that. It's like a red fog or a red filter and you can't see anything. At one point in the match, I say to Paul, I can't see. I ask Reba, give me your towel. And she says, I don't have it here. She gives me her jacket and I wipe my bloody eyes off in her jacket. That did freak me out for a second. So that's wild. She, yes, and Britt Baker, I would say the image of her bleeding, which is now on t-shirts, is the female true adjacent to Stone Cold's WrestleMania 13. This put Britt on the map, and she was already doing great. I love the dentist character, but that really legitimized her in the eyes of the wrestling world. And it was a good, because you could also bring up that Becky Lynch blood. Right. But- the argument with Becky Lynch is it wasn't intentional and it was a legitimate injury. She, and she made the best of it. And, and that image of her is iconic too, of her in her SmackDown cut up t-shirt in the crowd with her arms out, just looking like a star. Like she was in that moment, she was a star and that albeit unintentional also raised the stakes. You just look at her and you're like, that is a bad bitch right there. Absolutely. Was that the Nia Jax box? That was the Nia Jax. Yeah. And people, and we'll t- we talked about that, but there was a lot of people that went a little bit too aggressive against Nia Jax. Mistakes happen. Vader used to make people bleed all the time. And I think yeah. that Nia has become safer in the ring. She's certainly no Mabel. She's not injuring people as regularly as she used to. And, yeah. you know, whatever. I've, I I defend Miss Nia Jax because um, I think she's a good, big lady wrestler. And there's quite yeah. honestly just not many people of her size that can move the way she does. And she is a physical feat. What she can yeah. do is a physical genetically, feat. genetically, she's born a wrestler. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's do match from the past. To my recollection, to my recollection, to my recollection, (laughs) there is no blood in this, but I don't know. This is from No Mercy 2002. This is Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit versus Rey Mysterio and Edge. It's a tag team match. It's to crown the first ever WWE tag team champion. Uh, this is, of course, in 2002. They had shuffled up the uh, the tag team championship belts. So this is, a, it's a big match. It's a good match. And man, it's crazy going through the early aughts. You forget Benoit was just everywhere. And he was just so good. And obviously it, it uh, puts a dark sheen on everything. But this match, Edge and Mysterio and Angle and Benoit, the more that I watch Angle, the more respect I have for him. And of course, Mysterio and Edge and Benoit can do no wrong in the ring. Uh, I wish it was the same to say outside of the ring, specifically for <laughs> Benoit. But oh, let's ooh, let's ooh. listen to this No Mercy 2002. Mysterio's tough, but I don't think he's going to be able to take not much more of this. I mean, he's in there with two of the toughest guys in the WWE. Two submissive yeah! specialists, and he's hooked oh! again yeah! with a back body drop. Again, a cover by Benoit. He's got no again. Mysterio kicks out. No, now Mysterio's in there with Benoit, but Benoit just loves hurting people. And Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle continue to punish Ray 
Mysterio. A cover by Benoit again. And again, Mysterio gets the shoulder up. Just a matter of time, Cole. Mysterio's in a lot of trouble. Angle and Benoit isolating Mysterio. This crowd in Little Rocks beginning to rally behind Mysterio. Realizing the power. Oh, listen to this. Listen. Oh, Mysterio is taken. I've been hit by those chops. They just get your knees numb. Spaghetti legs. They hurt. Get Benoit up. just yell at Mysterio. How much more you want? That's what he just yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mysterio with a shot. No quit, no quit, no quit, Mysterio. Look at this. Ooh, Benoit. Shoulder to post. And this could be the opening Mysterio needs to yeah. make a tag. Mysterio's a long way away from edge right now, Cole, across the ring. People are trying to rally behind Rey Mysterio. Look at the desperation. You can see it again on the face of Edge as Mysterio looks to cut to the corner. Angle's got some desperation. Goes out, puts these titles up. The tag made to and Edge. No! And here comes Edge. The close line to Angle. The elbow to Benoit. Angle going for the ride. Big backdrop. Face play coming. Bam! Edge building the momentum. A new title for SmackDown. No, it doesn't even matter who wins this thing. Both teams look great. Oh, a shot. Well, to these two teams, it matters. I know, I know, I know. This. this is awesome. Here comes Mysterio. It's so sick. Wow. The Buster. The Buster to Benoit. All right, there it was. Check that whole pay-per-view out. It's a good time. You can watch it on Peacock, even though they're still not in my great graces, but that's okay. Oh, come on. I upgraded to the $10 a month. Yeah. But you know what they still do? They still fade to black like they have a commercial coming and then they fade it. But it brings me up. That's because that's how the show is cut. That's not Not a pay-per-view, Miss Dirks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Miss Dirks. I don't know when I started. It's my 12-year-old argument. Yeah. Well, you know what? I love your 12-year-old argument and you make a great point. They always cut to like Snickers integrations. Do they? Did they? I don't remember. (sighs) (laughs) Whatever, Peacock. All right. Well, let's see. Great. All right. So this week's play of the week, it's going back to UFC. I can't find the actual fight because UFC is so good at taking things down extremely fast. But this is Rose Namajunas. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Her nickname is Thug. And she took on Willie Zhang. Now, Willie Zhang, uh, she was the champion. Everyone assumed that she was going to win. Rose was a massive underdog. Her record is 11 and 4. Zhang's was 21 and 2. And this match ended with the TKO, with a knockout. I believe it was officially a TKL ref stoppage and it was just absolutely fantastic. And the interview that Rose gave afterwards with Joe Rogan was super awesome. And I'm just so, so proud of her. And when it comes to women's sports, you know, kind of dumped on UFC a little bit, but I think they've really done a lot to push the needle for women's sports. And I, I don't know, I give them some credit for that because some of the best UFC fights that I've seen and I watch a lot of the pay-per-views are the ladies' fights. At the very least, there isn't like, oh, that's the ladies' fight. It's just like, oh, kick right. ass, there's another fight. Like, it, I, I really do think it has come to a point where it's not even extra. It's just the show. And I right. think that's really cool. I'll give them that. 
Yeah. Then when they're done at UFC, they can go to WWE. Ooh, hopefully they can be used better than Shayna Baszler, although she is a champion. I, guess. I don't know. She's look, she's getting airtime. Yeah. So you got to give her credit. Like she's she's on the roster. Do you think Ronda's ever going to come back? Maybe. I don't know. Because I just read another article saying she's thinking about it, but I read the same damn uh, article. Look, she's also look, if there's anyone in that business that's a worker, it is Ronda fucking Rousey. She yeah. is a worker. She will. She's kayfabe all day. She will say she knows how to work the press. She knows how to work the interviews. Yep. She has a full understanding of the machine. At well, no point do I believe a word Ronda Rousey says. That's a good point. Although I do believe she may be pregnant right now. I think she might. She might be working on having a baby. I that's think. been the deal since she left. I don't know. I mean, look, Katie. it's personal. It's none of my business. That's personal. That's what I say. That's Go personal. Go do you. Go do you. You do you do you. All right, let's play this interview with Rose. But Rose, you shook up the world again. I did it again. But God did it, man. I, I really just had to have faith in him, and that's that's what got me through. Whew. Whew. You were so focused. Before the fight started, you were standing over there, and as Bruce Buffer was saying your name, you were saying to yourself, I'm the best. I'm the best. I am the best. (laughs) Yeah. You certainly are. There's no doubt about that now. Let's take a look at the KO. You caught her with a left high kick off the front leg. It was perfect. It was about as perfectly placed as possible. She was upset. And she was defending the stoppage, but that was just because she didn't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I didn't see her moving. I wasn't sure if she was going to come back from that. And uh, just a couple of those hammer fists, and I felt like that was that was out. Rose, there's some special moments in MMA, and I, I feel like I just witnessed a real one. You got me crying up here. I'm sorry, but hey, man, um, all that stuff that was in the media and stuff, that was not my intent to ever personally attack her as a person um it's just my history and my past and that's it um i love all people all cultures everybody in the world um and as a matter of fact (laughs) and as a matter of fact i want to um with this i want to build earthship mma academies around the world i think that's going to be a solution to a lot of our problems in the world so that's that's my plan Rose, amazing performance tonight. As always, it's an honor to call your fight. Thank you very much. Thug Rose, ladies and gentlemen, the champion of the world. Okay, there it was. If you haven't had a chance, uh, I don't even know where you watch that fight because UFC is somehow better than WWE of getting their content off of the internet. But anyway, um, all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Hope everyone's doing well. If you could support us on Spotify, that'd be great if you followed. We're up 15% in listeners, so that's pretty good. 15% increase. It's better than a decrease. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep on blabbing with you. And as soon as the world opens up even further, we can't wait to go to live events. So if you have anything, you can always DM me or find me on Twitter or whatever. And let me know what's coming up in the near future, because I can't wait to see wrestling in person or UFC or basketball or football, whatever. Okay, everyone. Human beings. Yeah, human beings. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. 
Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.